Hello, everyone. I am Marcibel, and this is the Marcibel Podcast. Welcome back to the show. This is the More Civil Podcast, a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, More Civil Nigerian born, US educated, Korean speaking, struggling intellectual. <sighs> All right, um, a little bit about me. I have this buzzing sound in my ears. I've had it for, um, I can't remember how many years, but it's been more than, I want to say, 15 years. And it's not tinnitus, it's just me hearing my heartbeat, like that pulsing sound. I have done every test known to man. Um, I've had conduction hearing tests. I have done Doppler um, examinations in it. Everything looks good. I remember the first time I told my practitioner in Nigeria, she thought I was, you know, mental. And her words to me was, it's all in your head. And so I left that feeling something was wrong with me. Um, it wasn't until I moved to the U.S. Um, and, you know, I did a lot of tests and nothing came out, but I mean, I still have to cope with it. So what is it like? I hear my heartbeat and I hear like wind rushing in my ears. And um, sometimes that's very hard for me to concentrate on stuff. So that's why I usually have things in my ears, whether earbuds or earplugs. And um, at night it's really worse because you hear that when everything is quiet and still. And I have had thoughts of just slashing my ears, not in a societal way, just to let go of that. Um, but it's something I, I still live. I have had friends pray for me and lay hands on me and all of that. Um, I haven't had any reprieve yet, but I have learned to manage, manage it. So it's from that backdrop that I'd like to explore the topic for today. Now, just imagine how in, in, instead of hearing your heartbeat, you hear voices. And not just, you know, voices that come and go, but voices that are vivid, voices that maybe might have different kinds of personalities. And um, in... And not just that, sometimes I even have hallucinations with it. So what exactly am I um, going on and on about? This is a story of someone's journey on rising above the voices. She has a medical condition um, called schizophrenia. And it's an umbrella-like diagnosis, meaning there's so many things that you have to see to say someone has it. So some of the um, symptoms you might have would be delusions, hallucinations. There could be um, disorganized speeches or behavior and uh, some negative symptoms. Now, um, not everybody would have all of that. And so you should also understand that each person's story is unique to their own. And so it's important to know that some might have like delusions and hallucinations, some might not. But regardless of that, um, let's be very, um, I think the key here is to also understand, and I have to say this, given the climate we are right now, violence is much more likely to happen to those that have schizophrenia than to be caused by them. Okay. Um, forget about what you see on TV or what you um, watched on drama series. Most people with schizophrenia are way, way less likely to be violent compared to those, you know, that are not. And so um, be aware of that. And so this person, I met them on an online forum and I had posted about, I can't remember, probably was about depression and my struggle with it. And they reached yeah. out to me and, um, and I wanted, I really felt, I felt that sister, um, sisterhood with them was just how vulnerable they were and how open they were. And I realized that, okay, I wanted us to take that conversation past, you know, the, the vagueness or the fakeness of social media and, you know, share that sisterhood. So we've been friends and sisters for quite a while. And I think we started chatting a lot on WhatsApp and, um, and I didn't really know anything more than that. I just thought, you know, they struggled with depression and all that. And I was, you know, I shared my story, but then um, I had talked about something on pain. I posted something on pain on one Sunday and I talked about how, you know, um, 
because I, you know, I, I used to have a lot of pain. I, I still struggle with some parts of it. And just how sometimes you might get some relief, but never forget where you came from. Something like that. Just trying to encourage people with, you know, um, issues and health issues and what of that. And she called me and she said she, she needed to talk to me about something. And I was like, all right, what about? And then she opened up to me that, you know, she's been struggling with schizophrenia and um, some of the symptoms she talked to me about. And I just remember living that conversation, just, you know, my heart soaked with so much fullness as to, oh my gosh, I didn't know. And of course, you know, people wouldn't know what you go through until you open your mouth and tell them this is what you're going through. And so I decided that I was going to try my best to find somebody that I knew probably had something, you know, not quite the same diagnosis, but I knew also had a mental health issue. So I reached out to my friend with permission, of course. I asked him, hey, would you like to help me talk to this young lady that um, is going through this? And I think they connected on on, on that level. Um, I'm just going to call her sis. Um, she's based in Nigeria. And I, this is going to be her story, her story about rising above the voices. So everyone join me in welcoming sis to the show. Hey, lady. Thank you so much, more. I'm really very elated. I'm very happy. And I'm sorry about how it even came about that. I think it was your birthday. Some on my birthday. On your yeah. birthday, yes. Um, <laughs> I usually send her like a voice note when I remember. Right? But I try to always make sure I wish her a happy birthday. And I yes. just asked her, so how are you doing? And, you know, of course, I've been you doing know, well. <laughs> you know, so it was just like a reprieve for me. Like, I needed someone to talk to. But yeah. again, I didn't want somebody I had to explain so much to. To, okay. Oh. At that time, you called. It was just the perfect timing and the perfect person, so to speak, you know. So I just poured out my heart and as I cried. Thank you. And like, I'm glad yeah, I, I listened to, yeah. to, to, to um, the words of the whole spirit because I was just like, okay, oh, it's so late. I don't know if I should still wish I had a happy birthday because it was a very busy day for me. But I remember that. It was just the perfect timing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you sent me a voice note, and that really broke my heart because I could just hear that pain in your voice and and I thought to myself okay I think we need to do something and I even remember when I texted you back like okay um feel free to disregard this I don't I want I want to help you I want to I want to find you people like you so you can find that community and I don't want you to think I'm trying to take advantage of what you have to get you on the show, but I really, really, really want to help you. I don't want you to be alone anymore because I don't know the importance of community. Because anything my uh, miscarriage story taught me was when we open our mouth and share our stories, there's a lot of healing we can get from that. We can find people like us telling us, oh, me too. Oh, I thought I was the only one. That kind of thing. So, um, so let's just get started officially with that. Um, can you tell us? you know, when you were diagnosed and how you were diagnosed? Okay. Um, that's sometime in, okay, generally I finished school and I went for NYC. Mm-hmm. And then I told myself, that was 2009, 2010. So I told myself right after NYC, I was going to work in the church office, you know, like, um, kind of like first fruit, you know, where you have to, like mm-hmm. so for those yeah. that might not be aware of that cultural context for christians um some well some christians believe or biblically they believe that when you have your first job your first salary from that job you give everything you know to god through the church maybe through titan so that's what they call first fruits sorry go ahead we have no nigerian yeah, so, so listeners so i wanted to explain that 
Okay, that's okay. That's so it. I just told myself I was going to give the first one year right after NYC volunteering in church. Okay, okay. So I got this job in the church office and I started working. Everything was going fine, but I think I started a job like September 20. So the next month, that was October, I started having issues with them. Um, that story, I don't know, that story found out bit sexual abuse and harassment. Okay, right there in the church. And this whole thing went on for about 12 months throughout my duration in that place. And I knew this was not what I was called to do. This was not what I wanted to do. And this was not the plan. So I started looking for an escape route. You know, started looking out for how I was going to leave, how I was going to maybe get another job. Uh-huh. After all, the one year was over. The nature of the job um, required that I kind of lived in the church premises. So I had moved out of the house while I was staying with my aunt, and then I moved into the church. You know, so and my aunt was not finding this funny. You know, I was kind of separated from my family, so it was uh-huh. not a good thing. So they tried separately. Yeah, so. One of those days, I tried to come to church, tried to take me out and all of that. And somehow, they came back talking to me again. So I went back and I, I said, I go working with them again. So what they down did, they found me another job. So they said, to, they said, if we get her another job, probably she was going to leave this place. And I think it worked. So okay. they got this job, and this job was supposed to be in Lagos. Mm-hmm. So, this job was supposed to be, this new job was to be in Lagos. So I I left the church unannounced, no resignation later, nothing. I didn't tell anybody. I just, I left because I was tired. It was mm. so many things I was nursing and I couldn't discuss with anybody because it had to do with the hierarchy, you know, the church. And so I now left. Now when I left, I started working sometime in 2012, in August. I was just in in the office and on my Excel spreadsheet uh-huh. on the screen. So I saw this thing just flashed, blocked, dead, blocked. You know, I didn't know what it was. Like, was it like a, a writing on the screen? So I said, yeah, it just flashed like something would just flash and go off you huh. know, on the screen of my computer. Yeah. So, and then again, I got another email. Uh-huh. from an account that I could not reply to, sending me a form to join an organization. I would not want to mention the name of the organization. Yeah, so, but those things I realized were not real because when I checked my mailbox later, I didn't find any of those things. Oh, wow. It was an email. So that was when, exactly, it was wow. an email. That's so It just flashed on my screen. Exactly. So I went, I checked everything. I didn't find anything after, but that was what I saw initially. So I guess that must have been the very first episode of this hallucination stuff. And that was 2012, right? Yes, 2012, August 29th. That was when this thing started. So, and then I called my head of units and I told him that I think I need some rest and I'm feeling too well. So I went back home. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I got back home, I became so scared. Like, I was so scared. I couldn't sleep in my house. So everybody around me, I was suspicious of everybody. Mm. I felt like they wanted to harm me. I 
felt like they wanted to kill me. It was just something. They wanted to do something hurtful to me. My sister, it was worse. How so? I got there. Uh-huh. I was seeing, this time around, I was seeing pictures that nobody could see. Huh. You get? Yeah. And the pictures were pictures of this um, this former place I used to work, I told you about. So yeah. I, I see pictures of of the minister talking to me, telling me things like, you belong to me, you ain't going nowhere. You know, those kind of things. You know? So was yours auditory could, visual? Could you see and then you could hear? Or was it just one or the other? Or was it both? First of all, I was just hearing. It was auditory first. So I, when I tell them, they're not hearing. I'm like, God, please. So, uh-huh. so 4 a.m. I was up. I got to my back to my apartment. I, need to, I needed to freshen up and get ready for work. I used to work at the Papa then. Okay. And then I lived at Okota. That's so quite that's far, right? With the traffic? Yes, very, very. So I got to the house. Even in the bathroom, when I had to wash my face, I could even shut my eyes to wash my face because I was scared somebody was going to come in and kill me or do something, you know, hurtful to me. So I just managed, I rushed, I poured olive oil all on the towels. I was praying at the same time, trying to pull myself together for work. And somehow I rushed out. I just locked the door and I ran out. So normally you're supposed to take like buses, those yellow buses. But you know what I did? Because at this time I was, I was, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't really conscious. So I chatted a cat. You know how much that was going to cost? Oh, yeah, that's very expensive. <laughs> from Okota. So the driver knew something was wrong when I said, take me to Papa. I'm going to work from Okota. He looked at me. But why not? This man needed to yeah, make some money. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, helping. So I entered the driving. And then I think the car broke down and he needed to fix the tires. So I was so impatient. I was like, I'll pay you. I'll pay you twice the amount. Take me to work now. Take me to. I said talking, you know. <laughs> and the man was like, "Okay, man, I'm sorry. I'm not carrying you again. Calm down." Wow. Take where, where, where were you at that? At that time, I didn't even know where I was at that uh-huh. time. So I came down, missed my way. So uh-huh. instead of going to Papa, I found my way at Festac. Wow, the other I direction. Exactly. I can't forget that junction, Apple Junction. That's the name of it. So a good Samaritan saw me. I think I wasn't, you know, behaving normally. And then he picked my phone, checked the da- la- um, last that, that number. Yeah. And that was my mom. Pastors came. Everybody was praying because everything was strange. I had not had any history of any of this kind of thing before. So the whole thing was very new to all of them. So. They one of the pastors recommended that they, they actually should take me to Yaba, where um, Psychiatric yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we went there, we gave injections and all of that. The doctors during the interview, I was just responding like it made me hyper, like I was times two of my normal self. So if you ask me before you even and it, I've given you like the history, the answer, the everything. I, like I was faster than I used to be because hmm. my mom said I used to be a very reserved child, very quiet. And all of a sudden I was just outgoing, outspoken, everything. I wanted to explain, you know. So the man said it was part of the symptoms, but he never really pinpointed it to anything. 
So they just gave me general medications and it took me back in. I, oh, that's... That was how I went back to you. So, okay. And then I came back to you and um, I think my mom would have immediately resorted to um, hospital. But I think because she's a very spiritual person and in Africa or Nigeria, mm-hmm. we put a lot of spirituality to everything. So mm-hmm. there was so much prayers and prayers and I was tired, laying of hands, oil, everything all over me. Oh God. But I think she was just doing her best as a mother. But at the point of the point where we really knew what the whole thing was yeah. as in to put a name to it was when I think one of her friends now suggested that I should be taken to the teaching hospital here in in, in you. So oh. when I got there I was registered in the mental health clinic and then the psychiatrist then now you know, after everything now wrote on my file schizophrenia. You know, I was part, partially, I was still okay. Yeah. So I Googled everything. I, my mom didn't even really understand what she was saying. Mm-hmm. But I checked everything out and I was like, okay. So my next appointment, I asked the doctor, what was this about? What, what was, as in, he should explain to me. Mm-hmm. He said, one thing he said that struck me was there was actually no cure. He said that to you right away? Stay in it. Say again? He said that to you right away or they said that to you like right away? Like in the course of my my visiting, because I was beginning to take by this time I started, I started taking um, antidepressants, mm-hmm. and I I didn't like the way it made me feel. I was adding on so much weight and all of that. So, mm-hmm. so I explained the symptoms to him and everything, and he said sometimes he tries to reduce the dosage. Sometimes he tries to change. I was taking all this um, risperidone and all of that. Then he mm-hmm. said to me, "It's incurable, but it can be managed." So that was the thing that uh, it got me very depressed. That was where this other depression and everything came in. I was like, God, what kind of life is this? So I'm not going to get a job. I'm not going to get married. I don't have kids. I started thinking of so many things. Mm-hmm. I would support of my mom. She kept saying, don't worry, you'll be fine and everything. So basically that was when it started. So sometime in 2013, March, and at this point, my company was still paying to pay my salary and everything but I think there was a time I couldn't speak actually I was I couldn't speak for like four months so when each time they called to speak with me my mom didn't know what to do she was just like I'm fine they were insisting they wanted to talk to me they wanted to be sure I was still alive and to know if they if if she still expects me so my mom she didn't know what to do and after nine months, they got tired and they stopped paying. And I think she wasn't properly advised because if she was, she was supposed to get a doctor's report, you know, yeah. sent to them and all yeah. of that. Yeah. You know. So she didn't do all of that. So by the time I was a bit stable, that was in uh, March 2013. So I emailed my chairman, chairman of the company, and said, okay, I could comment. So when I got in, I, told, I met with the HR and she told me my position had been redundant and there was no no way, you know, she could create any any vacancy for me. So that was how I lost that job. And I came back and then real life started. By this time I started seeing pictures as well. 
you know, the same so part of it. Is that same? Exactly. Yes, I'm manifesting. I could, but there were very cute things I, I could, I, I was saying. Can you describe some they of them? Not, yeah. They were not like humans, see. And they were very educative. I don't know what to say. This thing is funny. Like, when I read about it, I hear they're kind of like, it's relative. The, what this person might be going through is different from what the other person mm. might be experiencing. And yeah. really it's true because in my case, what I see, I see pictures of like, the, you know, for that period, I was not really engaging. I don't use social media. I don't use phones and all of that. So they kind of like bring these things to me on those pictures. So when I wake up in the morning, my mom will, you know, brush my teeth, wash me up and everything. So I just sit down. I, I wasn't really doing anything. So I just sit down. I'll be staring at this wall. So those pictures appear on the wall. I see things like word puzzles, remind me of those new words. So I'll be spelling them, trying mm-hmm. to arrange them. And wow. they were all appearing in pink. And that's why I love pink till today. Oh, wow. Yes. They're all pinkish. Everything was pink. Beautiful. Those kind of things you see in Montessori classes. Yeah. Very attractive pictures. You see nice shoes. So I think it was just a reflection of things I loved. So everything came all out together. I don't know. I don't know. This, I don't this know. This, sounds, this just sounds... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know the words for it, but... I'm telling wow. you. It's really crazy. You see beautiful shoes, nice clothing, everything will be, you see a closet full wheel filled up with very nice things, but you can't, nobody's seen it. You know, it does this happen when, do you like space out? Like if somebody were to be seeing you see those things, has anybody observed you when you go into those zones? Or? Yeah, my mom used to, because sometimes what does I she use say my, you look like? my fingers to, you know, you know, when you think so much of these things and you want to feel them. Mm-hmm. So when I reach out and she does, hey, stop that. You know, the kind of thing like, oh, hey, stop it. Oh, she, knows, she knows. She knows your kids. Yeah. You know, so she's like, there is nothing there. I'm like, no, 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 you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of those things. Then I got a hold of, I think, four major voices. Very interesting. In fact, I fell for one very nice voice. There's one that is baritone. Do you have baritone. names for them? They give themselves names. Oh, I'm actually. sorry. What, so do you want yeah. a name? Do you want to tell us? Yeah. One of them, his name is Christopher. Christopher. And the other one is like a kid. Very, like you have one very, the voice sounds like this cartoonish kind of voices, you know, one mm. of them. Then she says her name is M.M. M.M. M-M. is a native. That's like, that's like your yeah. native name, like from your yeah. tribe. Yeah, right? a native name in my tribe called um, For Peace. That's what I meant. Is that Cross River? No, that's Ibibi. Um, Ibibi. Yeah, okay. okay. And it means peace. Then peace, yes. Uh, maybe that's her mission. Oh, I have a cousin that her name is Peace. So I, I think she just stole the name. You get maybe. Oh, she just, yeah. Because they know everything. From what I've read, they know everything about you. Everything about Virtually, you. they know I'd forgotten. Yes. They remind me everything. When I read that, I started having ghost pimples. Like even your Instagram. Oh God! Everything. Even what you're planning to do the next second, even as I'm talking to you. But one great um, feature they have is when I'm engaging very important conversations. I'm doing very important. They go silent. Like they let me interact and do my stuff. So it's once I'm are they silent right now? Silent. Beep. You don't okay. hear anything. Let, let's, let's just say thank you to Christopher and MM for not disturbing this guy. I'm telling you, like they are hearing you. They will tell me everything you're saying now. Wow. 
I'm telling you. So what they do is they go, sometimes they tell me, maybe when I'm shy to take up certain things or to do certain things, you hear a memory, they're like, why? You can do that thing now. Come on, go and do it. You can do it better. Oh you know? In that cartoon voice. Yes. Thank you. Then there is one, her name is Yetunde. She, she named herself Yetunde. That's a Yoruba name, by the way. It means yes. mother has come back again. What's her role? Can you imagine? She's supposed to be like Christopher's girlfriend. Mm. You get? So I think she knows that Christopher likes me. I think Christopher said liking me at some so point. like in the love triangle? Yes. Oh, so she's not happy, that kind of thing. So she kind of like, she fights me like, not like fighting me, but the way you could see that, you could sense the jealousy in her voice because she mimics me a lot. She wants to oh. be like me exactly. She wants oh. to do everything I do. She wants to... You know, she wants to speak like me, everything I do. So I think she's trying to buy Christopher's attention. But effortlessly, Christopher just likes me and roots for me and tries to do everything I want, you know, before I even say it, he's already sounding like, maybe I'm thinking about somebody, Christopher would try to sound like that person, you know, just give me that feeling, you know. So (laughs) it's really hard keeping a relationship with these people around because I feel like, very satisfied. Having I was almost saying, I mean, you have your hype person in the name of um, M.M. You, you have um, your, your baritone. I can imagine if he, whatever he looks like, is everything you probably think you want in a man called Christopher. Exactly. There's somebody else you know, driving that market called you today. So you are involved in the love triangle. <laughs> what else do you need, girl? <laughs> the, whole, the only challenge I have is, most the major challenge I have is, when they really want to do something because mm-hmm. we are like a squad right now as it stands we're like a squad i'm like the leader of the squad you know i'm very much in charge of this of them mm-hmm. so that's why it's not like but what makes me feel sad is i know it's strange that's just why i feel sad and so even to have this conversation i was like why why do i want to do this is it fair that so I, I all of what you've been doing for me for the past years, I'm not even grateful. Now I want to start engaging to see how they can quieten them for the forever. Yeah. So I had to explain that it's not like that, you know, that I need to do this because I know it's not normal. You get so let's, I let's, have let's, let's backtrack a little bit. I think yeah. that that feeling of you thinking it's strange and not normal, I don't think that's necessarily true. Because we don't know why these kind of things happen. Of course, this you know they say it's good. It could be due to genetics, some um, um, chemical imbalance yeah. in the brain. It's a chemical and, imbalance, or maybe yeah. just some um, things that happen. Maybe that just because I see that play out in like dissociative identity disorder, like the multiple personality disorder and all that. Where people just break yeah. into fragments of themselves as a way to protect exactly. them. Exactly. True. True. We don't know where that happens. We don't have the right answers in science. But I don't want you to. I, I would hope that maybe a key to finding a cure or normalcy if I were to put that word out there boldly would be just not saying it is strange you know each time I try to fight them like I tell them come on okay I assign responsibilities to them like I give them rules you know per day I could say this is what I intend to achieve this day so I want less noise because I don't like noise that's the major trigger they like very noisy environments. Very noisy environments. Really? Do they talk more during the day or they keep quiet during the day? That's when they want to talk. Oh, geez. Is that noisy? When, exactly. That's so a- that's my challenge. When, when um, like, raindrops on the roof, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of noise, 
Mm-hmm. They want to talk in immediately. I love that noise, Maybe though. It's kind of beautiful. It should be quiet. That's though. when they it's want not to quiet, talk. But it's, it's, it's soothing in a way. Because sometimes when I find it hard to sleep, I use an app on my phone. And I love the range exactly. of that, that Another one, um, a running tap. You know that noise a running tap makes? Like, like, basically, when you want to wash your hands or have a bath. Ah, they want to say everything under one breath that time. Uh, all of them together or just particular? Ah, like MM is very naughty. I think she has, she should be like eight. Eight. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask for the age of your characters. Yeah. From and what what do you I, call them? Is it okay to call them characters? I don't want to be offensive. Yeah, that's what that's what they are because oh. they assume that they assume that role. Yeah. How old is Christopher? Do you think? I can't really say because okay. it takes a different. If maybe I'm thinking about my daddy, he wants to sound that way. Ah, uh, I see. So he, maybe depending on what you, about, you're thinking about a man exactly, or about a boyfriend. Exactly. Maybe I'm thinking very, that. It's like a chameleon. So, he can be anything you want him to be. Thank you. So he's oh, just trying to be Christopher, not a you. Maybe I'm talking to this person and he sees that I'm liking that person. That's what he wants to sound like. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Then maybe I'm talking, oh, there's this character on TV that I like, or this person playing this role. I'm just something. He wants to sound like that. So he's just kind of like um, trying to woo me at every point. But he doesn't dare come out directly to, you know, say those kind of things to me, like, a guy normally would want to woo lady. No, he won't do that. I think he just knows that's out of bounds for him. But he uses those voices to play in my head. Hmm. So, um, she's like, like my age. Oh, like your age. Okay. That would make yeah. sense because she has to be like a peer, like a like a contemporary. Exactly. For that love triangle slash jealousy thing to bat yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> what they do actually, they, they have conversations you know, amongst themselves. They do that very well. And I try at that time not to interrupt them. Yeah. Maybe they're just talking amongst themselves amongst themselves. So I try not to. But when I'm having my own conversation as well, they don't interrupt too. So the only time they try to maybe want to talk to me is when they know I'm not talking to anybody. Uh, which I don't like that. Yes. I don't like that because maybe that time should be the time I want to have maybe reason out something. Yeah. Exactly. I want to think of something. I want to read a book. So if I have to read a book, I have to read it out loud because oh, M.M. will be reading along. So in fact, as I'm trying to read in my mind, she's reading out the words. She speaks oh. very good English. She'll be giving you, you know, and she wants to show me that she can pronounce all those words. and she's really eight, pronounce right? Them. In her Katsudish voice. You know, sometimes she she wants to be faster than me. Like, oh, no, so I have to catch up. So that's annoying. You, that. even, you don't even enjoy very, the book you're reading. Very, yes. So to avoid that, I have to read out loud. Sometimes I record my voice then so I can play, you know, the audio for myself. So so for better assimilation. So that's what. Day, Initially, it wasn't like this. It how, fight. There's like, a fight. When I say Fight in the sense that they were mentally now. So I know, not like I never fight. agreed because I, I refused to accept it. Oh. So I never agreed with them. I would, I can abuse them. Say so you're very stupid. I'll abuse them. I say, are you crazy? Who do you think you are? Before you, I was. In fact, I gave you the um, leverage. Do you yeah. understand? Yeah. You didn't even have a voice of your own. You're using my own voice. You don't even have. You, you don't have any formation. So I used to. I used to be very combative with them. Until gradually, when I spoke with 
doctor, he now told me, he said, try to use them for your advantage. <sighs> that was what he said to me. Try to use them. Try to see how they can be working in your favor, how they can work for you, yes, how sir. you can be their boss. Yes, yeah. that's what he said. So okay. That explains your point about, point. you know, you're in charge. You are in charge of them. Yes, that's where I, we are now. I'm very much like right now, if I say shut up, everybody shuts. Well, that's good. You're running a tight ship, man. Yeah. And I can imagine that your life has changed considerably before when you were combating with them. It's just in my subconscious that, come on, this is not normal. What are you doing? So what even when is, I have what my does normal mother, mean? This is your normal. What does normal mean? <laughs> yeah, I think I really need to accept that part that, come on, this this is just what it and is. I don't need to sound like I'm hurrying you up to that. Because I feel like... I don't want to sound like I'm hurrying you up to accept it as normal. And like I, I said, know. I don't know what it's like, but... The way you're talking to me right now, I'm getting a lot of understanding from you. And this yes, is normal. Yes. This is and another thing, Christopher can be so overprotective. Very. It's just like a big brother. Sometimes he acts like my elder brother, you know. Oh. Maybe my boyfriend is just is acting all shitty and behaving funny. You see, Christopher will just step in. Like what's what is that? You know, those kind of was it I beg, don't even give him face. Next time if he comes and open the door, if he calls you, mm. don't pick. You know, he'll tell you those kind of things to do. So I beg, why? You're giving him so much attention. Now he's taking it. Don't even, you know? Oh, wow. And that's just what you want to hear at that time. Somebody telling you that, ah, yes, you know. And, I don't know. I really I don't know. Sometimes I... We do like, a little bit of that too. Like, maybe when you're trying to talk yourself out of something or you're trying to build your confidence around a particular issue. Yes. But my question, how is that different from what we do? you know, compared to what, you know, occurs in, in that state that you're in. So I, I, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I don't think it's abnormal as much as this I'm, is not okay. normal, you know. <laughs> that we don't understand it doesn't mean it's less normal. Exactly. It's really lack of understanding you know? of it, you know, yeah. and how to explain it to people. people. And sometimes you can't even explain it. Like, yeah, I tell it's you, not. I didn't get it when I was in school. I didn't really understand it. And But talking to you and... um as far as what I see on TV and how it's being depicted, that's not a, usually like a good place to start with because the depictions of them are not normally usually true. But listen to stories yes. from like, actual people, like the you TED Talk the I sent video you. you sent. Yes. I, mean, I, yes. I thought about the TED Talk and everything. Yes. I feel so sorry that some persons have to experience the part where it makes them feel suicidal. You get, so I don't. You don't I, get those because I'm so in charge. Wow! You don't go through the negative feelings and the overwhelming feeling of suicidal thoughts and all that. Mm-mm, never. So then they're like, "You, this girl, said you're just so lucky and enjoy yourself." <laughs> you get that kind of thing. Yeah. So me, I don't tell them that. I hope you know you're just mere inventions because that's the name I give them. I tell them, "Me, I'm a creature. God created me. You, man, invented you." I invented so, you. I'm your maker. So shut up and listen to I'm me. I'm your maker. I'm the one that made, I made you. you. I brought you in. And I can take you out of this. Life. Exactly. Oh my so, God, sis. This, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds difficult. I don't know. It's terrible. I, don't really know. Know. I, don't know how I do it. I can't even say because in this part of Africa, they feel like, uh uh. No, the spiritual it's, problem. Let's do hands on that. But sometimes they don't know. I laugh about it. Like I'm enjoying it. Sometimes. When they're saying prayer about your problems initially, ah, that's my prayer number one topic 
on my prayer point. Oh God, heal me of this. Take this away. Take this cup away. It's too much for me. But now, I won't lie. God is my witness. I'm selfish. I try to put it like the last. I won't put it first because yeah. I feel like I'll miss that experience, that voice, those voices. I feel like I'll miss it. And how will I feel like? What will I be? I think yeah. I think you sound like you accepted it and you found a way to yes. work around it. And I think yes. that's the place of the therapy and whatever you've been doing to help you accept that. Because I can't imagine how exactly. difficult it was for you in the beginning. Like it was, it was terrible. I, like that day I broke down. I was really making all of us angry. Let me just put it that way. Uh, I don't have a job at the moment. That's just the stress now you get. So Christopher tells me I don't even need a relationship. That he knows me too well. That I don't even know myself. That he knows me relationship or no relationship. If I had a job, a man would be suffering at my feet. He used to say things like that. That I could focus on getting me a job. So that I'll be my old self again. They feel like my old, that they they make me feel like they had always been around right from the onset. They said, be your bubbly self again. Do what you want to do. Buy whatever it is you want. And your medications. They tell me you still need to take them because I had stopped. It reminds you of that? I became so expensive. Yes, they tell me I need to well, go as back. as a pharmacist, I I, I'm agreeing with them on that as well. At least we're agreeing on something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they told tell me. It was expensive, so, yeah. I remember you. Yes, were, it was. I told you to ask them about giving you like cheaper brands. Did you Did you explore that option with your doctor? Or okay. pharmacist, yeah, yeah, because most of the time, what they do is, I mean, as a pharmacist, when I used to sell drugs, then is we try to push the expensive brands to patients. But if you're very, and then sometimes you look at like face value, like this person can afford, so push the expensive brands. But you have to be specific, like because mm. uh, this is something you're going to be using for a while, you know, for a very yeah. long time. So you have to yeah. be very specific. Yeah. Like, no, give me the cheap brand, and the cheaper brands, they they do you know the same job, if not you know similar. And they're just cheaper. You know, they're generic. You don't have to go for the branded ones. Yeah. So yeah. because the the doctors then, they started out with very sophisticated um, treatment plan. Because in the space of three months, as soon as I got um, registered in the clinic, yeah. I just, I became very normal. Like everything was good. Oh. That was when I started appreciating myself more, appreciating everything. So all of those times were wasted we're having, I didn't say, I wouldn't say waste, wasted anyway, but those prayers without medications and everything, they were not good. So I wish I had started taking medications earlier. Oh, yeah. I think that gap, yeah. like you said, like before your mom finally exactly. said that friend, family yeah. friend that, you know, said that. Yeah, that, like the, yeah. the brand Risperidol, I think, is it by um, Janssen Silag or something? So how many milligrams do you use currently for your, for your Risperidol? Right now, I'm not even on any. I won't lie, really. Because I need to go back, get enrolled again, and do all of that. How do you describe yourself while you're medicated versus while you're not medicated? Like, oh, a big difference. Very, very big. Very huge difference. Especially for those that are. um, Very huge difference. I'd really recommend that anybody that is a sufferer or whatever really needs to get medications. In addition to whatever it is you're trying to do, medications would go a long way to it. You, you would just see positive changes. You get the voices go away? Or you, you like, um, no, they won't. They won't. Because they, what does the medications, what do the medications what do? What it does, it keeps you calm. You're no more irritated. 
you get uh, you're not easily you're you're calmer basically it, it gives you like it, it gives you like more clarity to handle the situation better exactly yeah, yeah. so it makes it because the thought of oh sorry the knowledge the the fact that you're even on it and you know yeah you're doing something you know that would help you uh-huh. it's already fulfilling you get that's so good that's really good there's something you said earlier on about the color pink and how you love it the video i shared to you if you remember yeah. the lady said she doesn't like like red is like her trigger because has like the images she sees are of scary people like there's a clown particularly that wears white and red. Yes. yes and same yes. time she sees red, she gets, gets triggered. So she doesn't wear red or doesn't like seeing yeah. red. And I find that contrast with you with the color pink really beautiful. Well, not beautiful. Yeah. Just really I never like pink. Be like, um, what do you call these colors? All these nudish, nude colors. This yeah. The, pastel, like, um, the pastels and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very soft, almost colorless. This kind yeah. of color. Yeah. yeah. But now... Anything right. pink, <laughs> anything yeah. pink. I painted my room pink. If you can see. Oh, I see. I saw it. I saw it. Very beautiful color. Yeah. And I think what I'm trying to say here is that it, it expresses in a different way. Like different people with schizophrenia will express differently. What one person might like and do, the other person might not be able to, you know, like or do or do. You know. Yeah, but the major trigger for me is noise. I yeah. don't like noise. It, yes, it sets me to a frenzy, like confusion. Everywhere just gets very confusing. Yeah. Because the speeches are just everything. Than, yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything wants to talk at the same time. Yeah. The sound from the brain, the Russian tap, or the sound from a generating set. Oh, yeah, good luck with that. And that's abound down to Nigeria because of the um, horrible um, power epileptic power issue. So people just use yeah. auxiliary methods like generator, which, you know, causes noise yeah. and all that. So if I go close to the generating set, that's when MMM is very naughty. I just wish I can kill him. <laughs> Seriously, I maybe keep Christopher. Sorry. <laughs> MMM is very naughty. And she knows and she tries to make you angry. But she's quick to say sorry. Very quick like to say child, sorry. Like a child, right? Just she the one who never... pushed boundaries. Yeah. Yes. Very quick. Oh, maybe she's doing something... You know when a child is trying to catch your attention, just mm-hmm. doing something, mm-hmm. and you now say, "I've seen her." She now say, "Oh, sorry, or <laughs> not like that." It was just, you know. <laughs> I get used to it. Like I'll do better tomorrow than I did today. So. And that's good. That's a, that's. I think that's a key for everybody, regardless of you know whether we have you know mental health issues or not. Is to be a better person um, today than we were yesterday, and then just keep it going. Now, yes. let's talk a little bit about the social limitations. Like, um, just curious to know how this has been, you know, being in a relationship with an actual person. How has that been like for you? And Exactly. So sometimes I get so, so um, very, I don't know, what's the word here? When you're so, um, when you're, you're so involved in something, in a particular activity. So I'm used to them. Uh-huh. They're my friends. At the same time, they can be my enemies. They can as well be my family when I'm far away from family. So they can be so many things to me at the same time. So when I get so used to them like that, and then I have my boyfriend show up physically, uh-huh. it's hard for me to disconnect. Do you get? Uh, I see. So you're you're so involved yeah. in them that. Sometimes your yeah. perception of the real world is altered in that. It's just, oh, yeah. So I'm just, on this other side, I'm very much in church. 
like so much. You can't. You you can't. I beat President Buhari being the CC Commander in Chief. Yeah. <laughs> I believe. I'm you. telling you because they give me free hand for virtually everything. Anything I say is what flies. Then I come to this other side. I have to beg to get certain things done. Do you get? Yeah. So it's really tiring. So what am I getting so from this? Anyways, I have I have my thank you. I have my command. I have people that can listen to me. I'm a general in my own army. That's true. Yeah, because humans <laughs> are not. I mean, in a relationship, you have to find that um, power balance. Sometimes you have yeah. it. Sometimes the other person has it. But in your case, you you always have that power balance. So you always exactly. want to. So have he that. complains. Actually, he said you're so controlling. You're so you always want to be in charge. It doesn't work that way. He's always complaining. What is why every time you're always acting like the boss? Because that's what I'm used to. You get so. Christopher, Yetunde or MM have to say about this. They know I like this person, and they really want me to be with somebody I like. So they know I like this person, but mm. they tell me. I I am the first judge of myself. They say you want... Okay, see what they say. You say you want someone that is non-judgmental. But you judge yourself too much. You flog yourself too hard. Everything has to be perfect for you. Everything. Life is not perfect, you know? So they tell me this kind of things like, you can't get everything the way you want. Perfection. No. I'm a type A, a kind of person. So everything has to be, yes, yes, on point, on point, mm-hmm. exact, correct, correct, like that. Yeah, but, you know, maybe we'll just be the ones talking to you and everything. And now, at the same time, you're pushing someone that wants to be around you away just because yeah. you feel, yeah, you don't understand what you guys are doing. Yeah. They're like this. Sometimes they can be like parents. It can be like younger siblings. It can be like older siblings. They, and I love to be alone. In fact, I live alone. Yeah. You get I live alone. So and what I read about it is that you shouldn't really stay by yourself. Yeah, because it tends but to I don't know social why. skills, right? Yes. Because of those yeah, very dangerous things that come up. So what I do is if I get lonely, I could call a family member. Even parents. Sometimes I, I just stop talking to them. Why? For no reason, just like that. You know, I feel they've even done anything wrong. Really, really nothing, but I just feel like I can't relate with you because you're not taking me to where I really want to be or the kind of things I really want to have or want to know. You're not teaching me. You're not challenging me enough. It affects my relationship with people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what it is. Then mm-hmm. in the workplace as well, yeah. they perceive it to mean like um, arrogant sometimes. Like I'm full of myself. Like you think what she feeling like. The workplace, they think, they think you're like that. Is that what you say? Yeah, that's what one somebody was telling me at the radio station where I work. Like that, they were saying that. Ah, what's she feeling like? Why she feeling like she's full of shit? She's too full. No, you don't. They don't even know me. So all of that, and I think I'm at the at the stage in my life where I want to be very vocal about it. Now I understand their intentions they're not for evil but when i watched that video i was like, like maybe sometime in the future these guys might just turn against me you can i start feeling that way, like maybe one day christopher can just because he's the masculine voice there so i feel like one day he'll just turn against me and start acting all crazy i'm sure he's hearing me now but i don't care yeah so um have you explored that with your doctor is there at a point where a character might change their um, personality in a way. They, they might go from being 
you know, kind and helpful to, to yeah, I, I, I yeah. read about it somewhere. Like it could start out as friendly, you know, gradually, and then they emanate into something different. So I when I watched that video today, I thought about them like, because these things are chemicals you get, so yeah. you don't know. They can, yeah, they can change that flow. Trigger them, yeah. So, what do you think you need help the most with right now? Like, as far as if right you want to help, I, around that. I want to also be around people okay. that have similar issues. You know, until there's some higher intervention. So, so I want to interact with people. I want to know. The possibilities in the future, then I want to see, I want to also know if I can reach out to people as well and tell them how or we can relate on how to manage this whole stuff. Hmm. You know, so basically, how let's find you, your, your villagers, your tribe, your people, right? Exactly. That's what I really want. So do you well, first of all, before I eventually I really want to get a paid employment first. Oh, you want to get a job? A job, because I want to be able to enroll again at the clinic, because I feel like there'll be so many people out there as well. Because considering from the last time I visited, you know, so I feel like there'll be so many people out that would have joined or that would have registered or something. So I want to check from that time till now if I could also find people as well there that we can relate with people I can relate with people I can talk to. Yeah. Then secondly, and most importantly, I want to be able to, I feel I just owe my partner that part of the story. Like you're the first person I have really shared this with intensively. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even my mom, once you start, she just start rebuking. Mm. So I don't want to. Yeah, she said, hey, the blood of Jesus, I rebuke, I rebuke, I rebuke, you know? So I just cut, I cut it up. So I want to relate with my partner on this level. I feel I will have, I feel like my confidence level will, will really shoot up. That's what I feel. You can use this episode as a way to get that conversation going. Going, right? Yeah. Yeah, like so, just, you know, share with them and so they can hear your voice. Um, no pun intended, but they can just hear you talk to somebody else about it. I think that's just yeah. what has been missing. But, you know, so that's why that's why I said I need to first of all get this person to understand because from the look of things, he really wants to be an integral part of my life. You mm-hmm. get so he really wants to be. He wants to really feature in my life. So I think it's about time I I come out. Really understand what it is I battle with. Okay. So um, an understanding partner, and then uh, a job, and then also community. So apart from uh, let's talk about the job company. Perhaps somebody listening to this can be of help. Can you, if you are if you are okay to disclose the location of like where you like your job to be at, what kind of skills you have, and then what kind of job you're searching for, you're looking for. I I really I noticed something after this um, after I was diagnosed that I could I developed a lot of skills really I I don't know what to what say. kind of skills so, like people skills although, one I could sense that that what like what I could I could sense the people skills like you have more people skills now than exactly before. what are the skills you have that, um, exactly that you yeah 
another one I I like to talk a lot because I have these people I talk to like every day. So I, I really like to talk a lot. So that took me to radio. You get me now. Uh, yeah. So broadcasting as well came up. And then people skills very paramount. I love to administrate, organize. I love to organize a lot. Highly. Nothing should be done haphazardly where I am. It irritates me like 100%. I can't faint. I don't even know how to explain it. You know, so everything must be done orderly. You don't jump the books. You must follow everything step by step, well arranged, prim and proper, everything. I became too, too touchy. Sometimes it irritates my mother. I go into her house. Oh, I can't stay one night because everywhere is cut Where can you live in this kind of place? You get. I noticed that as well. I like to, um, what you would say, like a personal scheduler or a personal... Like a personal assistant or a assistant and, Yeah, an executive assistant. Just exactly. I like to just give me those, you, those things you're too much in a hurry to do. So you can attend to those other ones. I can set them out for you or arrange them, you know, like that. So I discovered all of that. Yeah. So basically, but what I read in school was microbiology. Yeah. Microbiology. Well, that doesn't matter now. Exactly. Because we want you on radio. <laughs> and you have such a beautiful voice. So um, secretary <laughs> positions, um, PA, organizational skills. Um, how about, look, or maybe like a radio position as well. Maybe even having the platform where you can just talk about mental health issues and have people call in and share experiences exactly. and give yeah. support. Like that. That would be good. Um, have you thought of starting your own podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that might help you. That yeah. might that's just it's easy to set up cost you no money and that can that can help you generate some income. Um how about location? Like are there particular places you wanna work? I don't in? have any particular places. So um for those that are listening, um this was um well this has been a huge um experience just chatting with Cis on um her rising above schizophrenia if anyone is listening she's based in nigeria and she doesn't mind moving anywhere else um anywhere. she's in of a job and um she's highly talented and she's beautiful in and out and um she has organizational skills she's because she can help with um secretarial duties as well and even a radio position um she has such a wonderful story and a platform that can help further reduce the stigma of mental health issues especially um issues that go beyond what we currently know, like depression and anxiety. I mean, schizophrenia sounds as debilitating as it sounds. And this is someone that's willing to put her face and her name to that platform to help, you know, build community and support people. So if you are in a position or know somebody that might be in a position to hire her, well, put it out there. And since you're giving permission to share your contact with, you know, well-meaning people, I'll try to vet them before sending them your way. Would you give me permission yes. to do that to help you connect? Yes, anything uh, more. I think at this level, I can. I've been able to build trust. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. You so know, much. virtually everything, all of my secrets, as it were. I treat those very carefully, as, as, as usual. Um, and then also, if you know somebody, or you are um, also someone that struggles or trying to make meaning of. Um, these issues around um, schizophrenia, uh, and you would like to talk to somebody, well, this is uh, someone here right now. She's, she's on the other end of the line. Um, if you want me to connect you guys, I can do that. Just let me know. Um, you can email me. You don't have to tell me your full story. You don't have to tell me anything about you. 
whatever level of information they are comfortable giving out, let me know and I can pass it on to, you know, my sister here. So that way you guys can start building community because no one should suffer alone. No one should feel like yeah, what is going on with me is weird and strange. And I know in Nigeria, there's so many stigmas and this, especially surrounding mental health issues, how we tend to spiritualize yeah. things and make it all yeah. about religion and all that. What that does sometimes is just to further drive that wedge between how people experience and how they think the society sees them. I think here is an opportunity for us to build a bridge and just, you know, support them as best as we can. Because, you know, one out of 10 people statistically suffer from schizophrenia. And currently there are 190.9 million people in Nigeria. So that's like about 1.9 million people suffering from that. It's not as uncommon as we think. We just might not know it. People might not be open to us. And they might not feel like they can trust us enough to talk about that. So we don't want people to silence, to suffer in silence. So here's me trying to break that um, cultural, what's the word, um, barrier? That, you know, yeah, the cultural divide, yes. Let's, let's build a bridge. Let's, you know, get people from where they, need to, where they are to where they need to be. And it starts by, you know, speaking up. Um, find someone to share your story with. If you're not comfortable, you can just um, um, find somebody like you to talk to about. What I'm just trying to say is don't be, don't, don't suffer in silence. And if you're in a position to speak up for somebody that's, you know, suffering from a mental illness or so, speak up for them. Don't let them be um, spoken about in a very derogatory way. Um, the more we start learning our voices in different ways, I think the more the world will be a better place. Exactly. It's just like somebody having a broken arm. You're not shamed for having a broken arm when you allow allow us to be us like to be ourselves you really appreciate us and see the beauty inside because there's really so many beautiful things really so many beautiful things inside you i mean you you like you described it like like even talking about your experience with the um, characters you have and how they've pushed you in a way to be a better person even though i have never quite seen that captured yeah having to tell something as simple as a lie. They don't let me tell a lie. So you can imagine. So I think they hold me accountable for virtually almost everything virtuous. They don't let me tell a lie. So they were like, 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 um, like, like well, that little conscience that Pinocchio had anytime you know, he told a lie. Sure. It's just that so you're keep in, you know so much about you, you know. They keep you honest. And for a lack of a better word, this is the beauty of schizophrenia um, that we don't see. Um, how do you explain a human being that could just act, you know, spontaneously and after all, they're not accountable to anybody and all of that. Nobody's going to hold them to anything. But in this case, you're careful of your every action yeah. and inaction. You're careful because you know when you get back so that your personal space, you need to explain why you, you did certain things. Because they know everything about so, Thank you. And they know when you're trying to pretend, they know when you're trying to yeah. fake something, everything. Like you, you're bare in front of those people. It reminds me of yeah. the Holy Spirit in a way. It's just that some of us thank have you. We've gotten adept at shutting him out. You know, and so, so so many things that I'm trying to be careful not to mention because I know it's to sound like a blasphemy or something, but really, it's really somehow a blessing in disguise. But I just feel like every other thing could just be in place, as in the things I want. Yeah, I won't. I'll feel a bit lonely if this whole voice thing stops because I feel like if I'm in a better place, like uh, ha- um, having smashing my goals and 
doing all of what I wanted to do in life and everything. I feel this, this people will be happy for me as well. I feel everybody will be happy. Like all of us will be happy. You get, so I feel like they can, because you can imagine I forget something. Maybe I'm trying to remember a word and then pops up with the word from nowhere. Like she already knew it. Huh. Do you get So it's like that part of me that already knew it. And this other part of me that wanted to use it, forgot it. You get, and the other part of me that knew it just helps me out. So sometimes they're like, help us. So it makes me, I feel like very adequate. I feel like I could take advantage of all of these things and be very, very, very good at anything I, I, I lay my heart to do. Anything I lay my mind on, like anything I decide I want to do, I feel I can take advantage of all of this and be very good at it. At the same time, when they want to be naughty, they can just confuse me. Like maybe I'm trying to remember something and they just want to be stubborn and naughty. Everybody goes silent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you understand? Yeah. Everything becomes numb. I'm not, I can't even place what, and a very simple thing. And from nowhere, just to prove to me that, mm, you're not always a boss. You know that kind of supremacy or trying to, yeah. like we're in a competition. Push yeah. Uh-huh. So somewhere, maybe when I've just, then me now, since I'm in charge, I'll just be like, I don't even need that thing set. I'll let it be. From nowhere, that tiny one will just come and say it. And I'm like, I don't need it. Sorry, I've always known it. But that's a lie because I know that. This, she knows that I, ne- I didn't even remember it. Do you get so? I don't even know. I don't even know what, well, really, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. I don't know what kind of schools they attended, why they are that knowledgeable. I don't even know. But that's yeah. you, though. Remember, it's, it's a... Exactly. It's you. So sometimes I'm like... Yeah. Good. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. The, the level of intelligence they exude or the level of confidence they have, you are the maker. You make that. You are all exactly. of that. Like, sometimes I get jealous. I'm like, I know. How can these things be knowing more than me? You cannot know more than me. But truly, truly, and frankly speaking, I forgot that thing. I didn't know that thing. But somehow, she would just know it. She gets those kind of things. It's, it's a little bit Sometimes inspiring and a little bit scary. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much, sis. Really appreciate it. How do you feel right now? Just, you know, having come I on here. I feel very, very light. I feel like uh, I'm walking on sunshine right now. Oh, okay. you know? <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, because before now, like a few hours ago, yeah. I was so tense. Like, how is this whole thing going to go? What's really, must I do this? You know, I kept on, you know, yeah, beating myself and all of that. But now I feel very right. I've been able to do this. It's a feat because it's something I've always dreamt of, how yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, because that was why I kept insisting. Probably a partner, since I didn't find that, and I found that in you. I'm very grateful. Like I feel very light. I'm oh. going to sleep today. It's like the biblical saying: um, "Sorrow may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning." Yeah, so that kind of thing. So I feel yeah. like a heavy, you know, burden has been lifted to an extent. So thank you for that. Okay. Thank you for that feedback. Then. I'll be normal again. I'll be that happy. You've always been normal, sis. Young lady. You've always been normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, sis. Thank you all for listening as well. Like I said, um, three big things here. She's in need of a job in Nigeria. 
and um, she also needs to be community around it. So if you know any of those two resources or any how we can get that done, please let me know. My email address is talktomal, T-A-L-K-T-O-M-O at mosibyl.com at M-O-S-I-B-Y-L. The website is also www.mosibyl.com. And um, the third thing would be remember that um, speaking up and advocating for people with mental health issues. If you know somebody or you are somebody, um, I hope that this episode will give you the courage to lend voices to your story, own your story, and um, share it if you can. And hopefully some healing will come out of that. All right, sis, I really, really appreciate your time and um, presence on the show today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Love you very much. Thank you.